Okay, we are in Sefer Micha, Perek Beis, Hoi Choshre Oven. And so the Navi Micha is continuing with his prophecy. Most likely it is directed against Bnei Yisrael, the Asara Shvatim. But interestingly, it concentrates on those sins between their fellow man as opposed to the usual uh, litany against B'nai Israel, which is Avodah Zorah. And so Micha begins, Says the Navi Micha, Woe to you, that are planning evil and sins, and bad actions, while you're in bed, lying in bed at night, when the dawn comes or the light of day, you will fulfill them. For the very simple reason that you have the methods of doing it. In other words, you do it because you can do it. And so Rashi says there, They are up all night pre-planning and premeditating the evil they will do to their fellow man the next morning. Uh, as the Radak says, Behashkoma Yasu Hamachshavahara. And when they get up, they are going to fulfill this Machshavah that they thought of at night. Because they have the power in their hands to oppress the poor. They control the court system. They will lie. They will cheat. They etc. So that it is no barrier to them. The Malbin raises a very interesting question that in truth they're lying in bed at night thinking bad thoughts what they're going to do to their fellow man um, that's not a maseh that's not an action that they're doing do they are they held accountable for sinning for the maseh answers the malman yes because in these cases it is a conclusion is a foregone conclusion they are going to do just what they are thinking even though they haven't done it they will absolutely complete what they've set out to do um that it is a virtual certainty interestingly and i'm going to take a minute to do it the rambam in hilchos talmud torah perik gimel if you gimel says as follows, this business of, of being at night. In other words, what should you be doing at night when you're lying in bed? Says the Raman, even though it's a mitzvah to learn day and night, fascinating. Man does not acquire the majority of his wisdom except at night. One who wants to acquire the crown of Torah, should guard his nights. 
Don't lose a night of them with b'shena, meaning excessive sleep. Va'achila, eating, v'shtiya, drinking. That that is when your best learning is. And there is an incredible unanimity among Chazal and the Mofarshim that there's something about the learning at night that cannot be duplicated in the day. And and, I never understood that because physically we're tired at night, mentally we're tired. Right. But it's still, I mean, speaking personally, I find sometimes you can't sleep, you get up at 3 o'clock, there's no learning like it. It just stays with you, you absorb it. I think that's what the Rambam is saying. For some reason, freed of the woes of the day, of making a living, of doing with the, you know, trivia of daily existence, you acquire a greater learning. Because there is an amazing uh, unanimity among the Mephoshim on this, that the best learning is at night, and thus says the Rambam, while the Micha is saying, you are acquiring your plans, what you're going to do the next day to cheat your fellow Jew. Continues the Rambam, the Chumdu Sodos, the Gozlu Batim, the Nasu, the Oshku Gever, Uveso, the Ish, the Nachloso. And you covet fields, you will take them. The Gozlu Batim, you want houses, you will steal them. The Nasu, the Oshku Gever, Uveso, the Ish, Nachloso. The person will oppress his fellow man and he will. Get, try and get his inheritance from them. The, um, before she make a difference, we use the word chemda, which is kavet, lo sachmod eishes reyecha. The difference between a tava, a taiva, is an inner desire. A taiva is a very strong want, but you don't act on it. In chemda, you act on it. It's the desire plus the action you're going to take. And the Mephorshim go on to say the, the modus operandi these people used in B'nai Israel. If they see a field they wanted, they would at first make an offer under the pretense of legality, I want to buy it, you didn't want to sell, you didn't want to sell at that price, they'd find a way to take it from you, either through a corrupt court system, corrupt litigation, uh, overpowering you, they would just fulfill that desire. It was a terrible, corrupt society. Lachain, therefore, Koamar Hashem, thus says the Kodesh Baruch Hu, Hinini Choshev al Hamishpacha Hazos Ra. I am planning, I am designing. Notice one that the Kodesh Baruch Hu isn't acting immediately. Ani Choshev, I am planning it. Two, was still a mishpacha, a family, the family of Israel. I am contemplating evil. And I will do it. They will not be able to strengthen or straighten their necks. They will not be able to stand erect. It is a time of bad, evil, terrible things are going to happen. Um, that, in other words, Esra are meaning there's no safe haven. Uh, the Malbin says sometimes at places that are safe, you can go from A to B. Here, Esra Ahi, it is going to be a 
terrible time universally and don't think you're going to get out of point A and get to, uh, to point B. Continues the Navi, Bayom hahu yisa aleichem mashal. On that day, a parable, but more likely it means a kina, a lamentation, will be pronounced upon you. It's going to be fulfilled. Omar and one will say, We have been plundered totally. Um, that they have taken away uh, our whatever it is, our gold, our silver, it will not be returned. How is it that we will ever get back what has been taken from us? So the question is, who's saying this? Um, this kina that we say, is some say, of course, it's the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Uh, the Matsudas David say it's the people, which is logical. The people saying we've been plundered, we've been looted, when are we ever going to get it back? The Radak has a very interesting slant saying this is the Nevi'e Sheker is saying this. The Nevi'e Sheker, why are they uttering a lamentation of woe? Because all these years they have guided the people and saying, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. No one's attacking you. No one's leading you into exile. You're just, you don't have to do tshuva. And now they suddenly see that they're finished. These people are going into exile as prisoners and they realize they have been giving them the totally wrong advice. And so now they're confident in the V.A. Sheker, the prophecies are turning into lamentations. Uh, thus says the Radah. Very interesting metaphor. Therefore they will not be for you is sort of a measuring rod that surveyors use to plot out land. In other words, when you come back, theoretically, you're going to want to reclaim the nachal you had. Surveyors will measure out what it was. Here, one, there will be no surveyors. There will be no descendants. Your punishment will be so total. And in many cases, there will be no coming back. So there's not going to be anyone to measure the land for you. Uh, you're not getting it back. And moreover, most likely, you are not going to be here. But notice again, even with this terrible prophecy of really not returning and reclaiming your land, it ends, Hashem. You're still the congregation of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Al tatifu yatifun lo yatifu la'ela lo yisag klimos. Interesting again, and we puzzle who says this, because the Navi is saying, don't even bother making prophecies to do tshuva. Do not tell these people to do tshuva lo yisag klimos, because it is only going to highlight their shame, their embarrassment, their humiliation. So on the one hand, Michal could be saying to his fellow Nevi'im, don't waste your time. Don't even bother. That it's not going to change a thing. It could be uh, the Kaddish Baruch Hu saying there's no sense, there's no, and even prophesying. 
And it could be, and most likely, probably, the people themselves. People themselves say, stop it, leave us alone, don't bother us, it's not going to help. And this is a beautiful example of chutzpah. There's no other word for it. Because the Navi is saying, And what is Beis Yaakov saying in response to all this? Is the Kaddish Baruch Hu such short-tempered that he is, you know, saying bad things about us? Doesn't he not have prophecies of goodness and bracha they give us and said, may Allah love all these curses. In other words, it's not our fault. It's Kaddish Baruch Hu. He's, he's somehow, he's, you know, Kaviyocho, uh, having a temper tantrum and he's angry at us for what reason we know. Not. So, hello, this is Navi answering in the shame Hashem. No, that's not what the reason is. Your lot will get better if you go with righteousness. In other words, stop blaming the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Examine your deeds and there you will find justice and righteousness. In previously or yesterday, parenthetically, and this is to draw the contrast because Mida Peneged Mida, you are going to get punished. In the future, you're going to get punished for what you did to your fellow Jew, the extortion, the oppression. And the Etmolami then think that yesterday, what you did, what you did was oppress them in such a way that for the price of a, a cape, uh, um, an outer coat, a mantle, you stripped them as they were going on the road peacefully, you laid in wait, you stripped them of their clothes, of their possessions, that their um, tranquility or certainly their peace of mind as they were traveling, you know, oblivious to danger, suddenly it was like they're refugees from a war. You did it. Moreover, you drove the women out of the houses of their enjoyment. These women that may have had lavish houses or the tranquility of domestic life, you destroyed it. You destroyed it, as the um, Rashi says, Shatem Hargim Esbalehem. You killed their husbands, Vehein Yosros Almanos, and you left them widows. Oh, Alternatively, you steal and pauperize, the word I want is pauperize, their husbands so they have no money. They go into real mental depression. They bring no joy to their wives. It's as if they're widowed. Uh, and the Olo, your children 
bring you no joy. You've taken away the joy of their children. By the way, another reason is that you brought you know people into the house to loot it, and the husband comes home and sees strange guys in the house. It doesn't really make for shalom bias. One of them, of course, say so that what you've done, you've done this to yourself. You've completely uh, destroyed their domestic life with husbands and with children. Kumu ulachu, get up, go. In other words, go into exile. Kilozos hamnucha This isn't the peace I contemplated, says the Kaddish Baruch when I gave you the land. This isn't the way I wanted it to turn out. And therefore, Ravur Tama, you've defiled yourself, you've defiled the land, Tekabel, Vechevel, Nimrats, and therefore you will uh, destroy. You will destroy the land completely, because we know that if the sinfulness pervades the land, the land can't abide by it. And that's why the Torah says it will vomit you out, that the arts will just throw you out because it cannot abide the sinfulness that permeates it. Um, A beautiful irony. He is a sarcasm more than irony. He's saying, the Novi is saying, in contrast to the Nevi'im that try day and night to tell you to go to tshuva, what those who just preach like the wind, what you want, what you search after, is the Nevi'im sheker, but sheker If I sent you a Navi, a sheker Navi, who would tell you the lies you want to hear and tell you the yayin and the sheikha, go after wine, women, song, forget these burdens of life. The hoya matif You would love it. That would be your ideal Navi if it was sent to you. Now, the last two psukim, and that raises a problem. There is a disagreement basic disagreement between Rashi and Radak, and it's amazing how you can read the same puzzle and get the opposite result. Rashi says these last two psukim are nechama, as we're going to read it. Radak says, no, it is a continuation of the Puranius, of the punishment. So, Asof Esaf Yaakov Kulach Kabetz Akabet Sheris Yisrael. I will gather the remnants of Yaakov. Kula kabez the remnant of Israel. Yachat asimenu kitzon botra. I will make it like a strong flock. Ke'eder betochadvoro in a strong fortified pen to yemenu me adam. Why does he use both Yaakov and Yisrael? It's it can get you. Yaakov is considered Yisrael as well. I know, but why? When do you use which? Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it, it seems to be that they're you know transferable. But here in this, Micha uses it as of Yaakov. So I will gather Yaakov and I commit Sheris Yisrael Yachad Asimenu Kitzom Yisrael like a flock fortified B'Tochad Vortei Menu Me Adam. So that would be Rashi. The Radak is saying no. The Radak is saying I will gather them. Like a flock, 
and send them into exile. Continues your gimel, Allah haparitz lifnehem, he that breaches walls will go before them, parts who and breach them, and this Rashi would interpret as Moshiach or the Malchus David, the reborn Malchus David. By Yavushar, they will go through the walls, ostensibly the walls of Yerushalayim. By Yetzubo, by Yavod Milcom Lifnehem, by Yavod Milcom, they will, the king will go before them, leading them. Could be the Kaddish Baruch Hu, could be the Melech HaMashiach, the Hashem Barosham, Kaddish Baruch Hu is at their head. Radak says no. They will breach Allah Haparis of them. They will breach their walls. They will breach their fortifications. They will send them out and the kings will lead them out. The king at there will be Tzidkiyahu leading them into Golas or Sancherer taking them out of the land of the ten tribes. So we'd like to think of it as the Nechama that he's promising Micha in the end of days. But unfortunately, the Radak and other Mephoshim hold it, no, this isn't Nechama, this is a Hemshech Peronius. So whether it's Nechama or Peronius, we will continue on this vein in Mir Hashem tomorrow, 845. Adkash.